Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good morning, Thrive. Merry Christmas. That's right. Oh, it's a great, great, great time of year. Man, that was beautiful. The girls. And you will see something special every week. Yeah, something special after service every single week. Christmas is the best because it is the coming of our Savior. I always say Easter is the best day of the year, but Christmas is the best time of the year. Uh, we just become better, and the reason we're better is because of Jesus. The world stops, even if they don't realize it, they're stopping and recognizing. You just set them right here, Kyle. We'll get there. Uh, the world just stops and recognizes that Jesus came. You know, there's neighbors around us that that they don't, uh, they're not followers of Jesus, and they put up all the lights, and they don't even recognize it. But it's like you're. You're putting up the light of the world. That's why we're putting up lights, because we stop and recognize he came. They're recognizing it, even though they don't recognize it. It's so cool. <laughs> it's, and, and this time of year is different, and it's different because of hope. So years ago, um, my little girl was just up here singing with Zelia. They did a beautiful job. Uh, Heidi did a great job directing them. Yeah. So her name, if you're new, her name is Shine, S-H-I-N-E, Shine. And she was, uh, she was a kind of a surprise, uh, but what happened was we'd had three boys, and then we had a fourth boy. His name was Seth. And on January 23rd, 2011, we woke up, and he had passed away in the night. And thus began the darkest time of our life. And we didn't know what would happen, where we would go, what, will we even make it. Uh, I can remember doing CPR. I can remember calling the ambulance, going to the ER. And, and some of it's really vivid and some of it's a blur. But we had had four boys. And man, I was proud of having four boys. Like, like... Look at me. <laughs> Look what I can do. Um, I, I, I really didn't do that much. My part was pretty awesome. But, um, but what's he mean, Mom? You'll ask later. <laughs> and so then we were back, to th- and I just remember feeling like it can't end this way. This can't be it. This can't be how we stop having kids. And we were, we were done. I was ready to get the old snip, snip and move on and, and, and just, nope, this isn't it. And the Lord, one day, sure enough, Ange, about a year and a half, a little over a year later, Ange is pregnant again. And we're, we're kind of excited, but we're also scared, really scared. Um, and unless you've been through something like that, you just don't know the trauma. And so you're scared. And, and we... Welcome back, Jimena. Welcome, everybody. Jimena's back. Woo! 
And Lizzie too, but I don't think she's in here. So, um, uh, but we we finally we went to the ultrasound to find out boy or girl, and we were like, it's a boy. We have boys. That's what happens here. This is a tribe of men. Um, and uh, it's a, don't feel bad for my wife. There's you know five of us, and she's still winning. So, um, but we went, and they're like, it's a girl. And I've, I literally said this to the ultrasound tech. I was like, I think you quite literally missed dotting an I right now. So <laughs> check again. No, it's a girl. And for the first time in probably 14 months, maybe 18 months, I felt a peace and a wholeness wash over me that I hadn't felt in forever. And Ange kept thinking about, she was, she, her birthday's coming up, it's, her birthday's uh, 12, 13, 12, missed it by one day. Um, and, and, and so it's pretty easy to remember. But we were talking about, like, what should we name her? What should we, and Ange's like, she's a bright light in our lives. There's hope again that God is doing something here. It's a girl, it's, it's different, God is doing something new. But I want her to reflect the life and light of Jesus in the world. What is that, what is that name? And she's like, like the Christmas star. That's it, star, her name should be star. And I was like, no. <laughs> No, you know why? Because we don't, we don't paint our van and follow the Grateful Dead around the country. That's why our name's not Star. We're not the cannabis family. We, that is not who we are. I don't care what laws they've passed in this state. No, <laughs> her name cannot be Star. Um, and and, and uh, no, I'm still right. And she would agree with me too. So, uh, and, and, and then she's like, well, I want something that like the, a star that shines, like shining. And I was like, well, what about that? Shine. And it hits, and she's like, yeah. And the thing is, Shine has done that a lot ever since. She just, man, she, and <laughs> she's, she's getting a little older now, so she has kind of the, these, you know, so shines way up or way down. Uh, and if you've ever spent time with her, you know. But um, <laughs> when she's way up, it, I mean, it lights up a room. This is, this is Shine at a Target at Christmas time when she was like three or four years old. This is all her. Nobody asked her to do this. This is leaving Target at the checkout line. Go ahead. That's it. That was her. That's Shine to the hilt. That was all her. Put the hand together, the bow. This checkout's line looks like a stage. It's just shining life and, and and the truth is there is, there was just healing and hope that came back. And it's not that we never had hope, right? We knew we always had hope. We had hope in the worst moments. But something about a child is just new life. But that, that goes all the way back to Jesus. And, and before, to the beginning of time, but the moment of Jesus, the moment of the manger is the moment when hope is like, boom, something's happening. There's something that 
comes alive in that moment. And here's the beauty of it. In this case, the hope is the child. Some people think, oh, so hope came back to you when you had a child? No. No, when we, when we, when we were told about shine, we were renewed in the hope we already had. We were reminded. We were brought back. The light came back. It never left. We were just able to see it better again. And the story of Jesus is the story of God. And this is, if you're not a believer, if you're not a church person, first of all, we're so glad you're here. Um, the best churches are in gyms, just so you know. And, uh, and this moment happens in time. Every other world religion, every single one, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Scientology, religion. Okay, and down the line, every single one, you have to get yourself to God by certain amount of efforts and energy. Christianity is the only one where God stoops down to us, and not just anywhere, but to the lowest place, to a carpenter kid and a young girl engaged to be married, betrothed, Back then, that, that was marriage, but like pre-marriage marriage. And so you were legally married, but you couldn't do the deed yet, okay? And so it was legal, and to undo that betrothal was a divorce. And God steps into all of that, to that situation, and then is born in a feeding trough. Is his first bed in a stable where the animals are kept behind the inn. Very symbolic of where the world is. We have no room for God. But the Lord steps in at that moment. Hope comes at some of the most interesting, amazing, unexpected times. And Joseph is the guy I want to focus on today. That, that line, what we just sang, a thrill of hope. Joseph is kind of the middle guy in the story. He doesn't have the space. Like Mary, it's like, it's Mary. Come on. Mary gave birth to Jesus, okay? Wow, look at that. Even if you're not Catholic, she's a big deal, right? <laughs> okay? But Joseph is kind of the quiet guy off on the side, like, what am I going to do here? And if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Today I'm reading from the ESV, a little different. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, that means had sex, sorry. All right, the Bible's so nice about it, right? Um, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive us and bear a son, and they'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she'd given birth to a son, 
and called his name Jesus. Joseph is the guy in the middle of the story has no clue what God is doing. Can you imagine that moment? I mean, seriously. God shows up to Mary at first. He goes to her first. Which, just so you know, in the ancient world, that really didn't happen. It was always men first. So for God to show up to her first was special, unique, and different. But he shows up to her and he tells her. And she gets the joy of telling him. And I think, I think the conversation would have been an interesting one, right? So I, I kind of wanted to take a second and reenact what I think might have happened. So my wife is just going to help us do that really quick, okay? You're going to need a mic. Honey, I need to talk to you. I'm pregnant. But it's okay because it's God's baby. It's God's baby. That's it. I think that's pretty much how it went, you know? I don't think it was complicated. What are you going to say? What are you going to do in that moment? I'm pregnant, but don't worry. It's God's baby. Uh-huh. Can you blame Joseph for being like, and it's over? <laughs> Hit the brakes. She's special. She's going to make somebody very happy someday. It's not me. We're going to move on. If you're Joseph, the truth is, you don't know what's happening. Joseph gets in this in-between moment with God where it's just silence. It's just quiet. He's not hearing from anybody. He hears from Mary. He didn't hear from God. This horrible thing to him is happening to him. This isn't good, according to Joseph, for a window of time. Now, it doesn't last long, right? God shows up in the story. He shows up to Joseph, and he turns around. He says, hey, I'm right here. I am in this. But for a minute, he is completely silent. But that's not abnormal because God has been silent for the last 400 years. See, if you have a Bible right in front of you, and you grab it, and you go to the book of Malachi, right, the last book of the Old Testament, 
And you're like, oh, that's good. Yep, there it is. And then the next page, Matthew, right? There we are. There's like four or 500 years in those two pages where God just goes silent. God stops talking. It's not recorded anymore. God's not saying anything anymore. So what is happening? And Joseph then goes through his own moment where God is silent. Where's the hope? Man, when God is silent in your life, it's pretty hard. What do you do when God isn't saying much to you? What do you say when God isn't saying anything? Has anybody been through a season like that in your life where you're like, I'm not hearing from God. He's not saying anything. He's not coming through. He's not answering. He's not, I haven't seen the breakthrough. He's not done this for me. He's not moved that on my behalf. And if you haven't served God long enough, that season will come. And it's not that God is being silent. Sometimes we're not able to hear him. Sometimes he's just patiently in there waiting for, for his moment with us. It can be any number of things. And out of the silence, God shows up in a moment and says, Behold, hope has come. Hope is here. Out of the silence, God speaks hope. But he doesn't do it. Now, he does it loud and proud to the people who see it, but not to the whole world. See, we all want that moment. We all want the moment where the, the giant trumpet blares and that day will come and, and all the things happen for us and everybody around us sees it. And we're like, see? See, I told you I was right the whole time. See? And, but God doesn't always do that. When God speaks, sometimes God shows up and shows off in our situation, but he does it quietly to us the way we needed it and the way he knew was the perfect way to do it. In the book of 1 Kings 19, Elijah is running for his life. He's just seen God slaughter a bunch of false priests who are sacrificing people. And he's seen a great victory. But then the, the, the queen of the nation uh, and, and the king basically say, we're going to kill him. And, and basically, imagine that. If the president said, okay, uh, Bobby Dirks, <laughs> if you find her, kill her, right? We're all going after her. Bad news day, right? I would not want that press conference for me, right? That would be a bad, bad day. That's what happens with Elijah, and, and so Elijah runs for his life, and Elijah has seen some crazy stuff. He's seen fire call down from heaven. He's seen dead people raised. He's seen money, you know, like food come out of nowhere. Here's what happens. Then he said, go out, stand on the mountain of the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. God shows up, and hope comes out, but sometimes hope isn't a roar, it's a whisper. Hey, I am here, and I am with you. And I've come to be with you. A thrill of hope comes to the world, but seemingly in a whisper to a carpenter kid and a young girl 
who just love God quietly and faithfully. Not loudly, not, not to the kings, not to a thrill of hope comes because, and this story gives me hope because it comes to the nobody. It comes to the people, to the ones people don't recognize and to the ones that people uh, refuse to see and the ones that people are like, well, they're not good enough or they're not sexy enough or they're not smart enough or they're not successful enough, they're not organized enough. And the whisper of God comes as a thrill of hope. I am here and I am coming. And in our lives, man, just a word of God can change everything and bring a behold moment, a thrill of hope. One word from the Lord, I am here, I've got you, I see you, I am with you, and I haven't left. How many of us have needed those moments with God? Just tell me you're here. Do you see me? Am I alone? She, she had hope. He, he didn't have all that much hope. That moment was like, ah, uh, no, I'm out. Uh, matter of fact, I think Joseph, probably in that moment, he felt confusion. Like, what? This, this was a good girl. I, I, she was, uh, this was a good relationship. We had a good setup. We had a good thing going. What is happening? Is this God? Is this her? Is this real? And he, he just, I'll just divorce her quietly because he was a man of honor. He could have, he could have said, I'm going to go to tribunal. I, we can get her stoned. We can get her in prison. He didn't do any of that. He's, he's a man of honor. He said, no, I'll just step away. I just, this is too bad. She's in a bad place. You know, we're just going to step away. Joseph's path, Joseph's path was interrupted and thrown. And God was in it. This was not Joseph's plan. God's plans are not always easily understood. And this world will sometimes, sometimes the plan of your life will not, not go the way you thought it would. Sometimes God's in it. Sometimes it's just this life. Sometimes you will be robbed of all hope based on news you get. Sometimes you will be so deeply affected by this world you're going to be like, what do I do? Sometimes your spouse is going to say something to you that you're just like, uh, I'm out. I, I don't know what to do now. But the whisper of God steps in and says, hey, I am here and I am in this. I love you and I see you. And I'm not leaving. Right? This life will bring that. You will get lied on, picked on. You'll be fired. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be diseased. You'll, you'll face death. You'll face divorce, maybe. You, you might face bankruptcy. You'll, you'll get news that you have no idea what the why on it is. Over and over, this life, some of us will get tons of that. Some of us will get just little bits of that. But you will. This life will not be fair to you. Sometimes God, maybe God didn't cause these bad things, but God interrupts your story and says, instead of this great path you wanted, I'm going to take you on this path that's even better. But it doesn't look better. That path looked better. Just ask Jonah. Jonah wanted to go to Tarshish. Beautiful place. 
sunny shores, the people are nice. God's like, let's go to Nineveh. No, they're dirty heathens. <laughs> they could kill me. I don't like them. Was like, no, we're going that way. And he saw great success and great fruit, and still Jonah sat under a tree and was like, this is stupid. <laughs> they all got saved, and Jonah's like, not enough. We're all that way. We get confused on God's plan. We get confused on the things we face and walk through in this life. Why? Why, God? And the whys of this life can eat you alive. They really can tear you up. I know some people, they get really stuck in why. There's nothing wrong with asking the question why. There is something wrong with staying in that place so long that without an answer, you're never, God is never justified to you. Because that is where the ultimate end. If God doesn't tell me why X happened, then God is, in my mind, not good enough. It's a devious game to play with yourself. It's a devious game the devil plays with us. Did God ever really? I mean, he did now, like 2,000 plus years later, we're all sitting here being like, it's okay, Joseph. Yeah, it's awesome, right? I guarantee you, Joseph, in that moment. Can, can you imagine being a pregnant with a pregnant woman on a donkey miles to Bethlehem? I lived with a pregnant woman multiple times. She was wonderful, did a great job, but... So not every day was wonderful, right? I can't imagine. It's not a slam. We know we, we, we can't carry him. God didn't choose us to carry him. You're the heroes. We get it. But sometimes on the other side of it, it's not so easy, right? We take a few things that we're given. You, it's okay because you're going through a lot. Fair enough. But can you imagine walking so many miles with a pregnant woman and a donkey through the desert? I drop that, pick it up. Yes, honey. <laughs> donkey went again. What'd you feed that donkey? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you aren't talking to me enough, Joseph. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you never listen to me, Joseph. I know. I know. <laughs> All Joseph had to do was listen to the Lord, cling on to hope, and hang in there. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Another version says, in its own time. He's planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people can't see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. This is written from the wealthiest king that Israel ever had. 300 wives, 700 concubines. Massive estate, huge kingdom, giant, giant palace huge temple for worship and at the end of it towards the end he's like it, none of it. the only thing that's meaningful is god the only thing that has any meaning the only thing that's actual success is knowing god and making him known that's it there's nothing else everything else is pretty much meaningless I think he wrote that in Lamentations, right? Meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless except, except God. It's the only thing that brings true meaning. 
Let me encourage you. If you are like, no, that's not true. My kids, oh, I find so much meaning in my kids. One day they will leave you, and then what do you have? Yeah, grandkids. Yeah, that's it. But even there, even there, they may or may not be close. But your kids, without Jesus, I love them, I love you, it's meaningless. If Jesus isn't in your family and in your extended family, it ends when they end. Or when you do. It's got to be more. It's got to be more. Family's a beautiful thing. But a family without Jesus, it's not nearly as beautiful as you think it is. But not only that, you begin to idolize them and put them in places they can't live up to, which is what causes all the family strife and divide. Because we say, why weren't you this for me? And why didn't you do that for me? And how come you didn't fulfill these needs? And how come They can't be it. And that's the truth everywhere in life. It'll breed confusion. But if God is in it, if God is the center of all the meaning, if you are suffering, if you've gotten answers that you don't understand, if you've been given news that isn't fair, let me give you a thrill of hope. Jesus answers. He is Emmanuel. He is the Savior. He is the answer. He brings purpose to your pain. He brings meaning to what seems meaningless. He comes to what is impossible to comfort. And he says, I can wrap my arms around this and make it mean everything. Do you believe that? Do you believe he can take your worst and make it the best? Joseph gets that news. That's a life with Jesus. The hope is in knowing he is answering even if we don't know what he's doing. Your life may be filled with question marks. The period is Jesus. And if you're, I'm not saying stop hurting. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying at some point you have to get to the place that says, I may be hurting over this, but I know who's the finality to this, and it is Jesus. I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know what he's going to do with this. I don't know why he's allowing this. But I know he's good. I know he loves me. I know he came for me. I know he answers my questions. I know he's on my side. See, we had to determine that in our life over and over. Sometimes we still do. If you're like, well, you shouldn't have to. I, would lo- I love you. Shut up. You don't know what we're talking about. Go through something, then you can talk about it. <laughs> Scars come back, but we come back to the place, and we get renewed deeper. But guess what? He is for me and not against me. See, we've had to remind ourselves over and over, and this life will do that to you over and over. Resolve in your spirit, God is good. Goodness is from God. It emanates from him. It's who he is. So if you're going through it, and it's too much, and it's so hard, and it's difficult, okay. But somewhere along the way, you're going to have to resolve, is God good? Yes, he is. Then somehow, someway, someday, he'll make this good.
caveat, he may or may not do it in your lifetime. But he will make it good. Let me ask you this question. 10,000 years from now, in eternity, will you really be wrestling with the questions you're wrestling with now? Get an eternal perspective on it. Joseph begins to stop being confused when he hears the answer that God is in this. And God doesn't leave. 1 Corinthians 14.33, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. If you're confused, it's okay, but you also need to know that's not a very spiritual place. You need to navigate through it. You cannot stay there. The danger of confusion is bad conclusions. Too many people create bad conclusions from states of confusion. God can't exist because this happened to me. God can't be good because I'm going through this. God isn't on my side because I've been through these things. God doesn't break through for me because this. I have done it myself. I was there in that moment that day asking God to raise my son. And I heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit. And this may mess with your theology. Good. Wrestle with it. Don't come to me with it. We won't have a nice conversation if you disagree. I love you. You can take it up with him. But I heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit that day. Tell me no. That's not what's going to happen in this one. But my daughter, Shine and Glory, probably wouldn't be here. Now again, God didn't do this to cause that. That's small theology. Okay? Okay? But what God does do is he takes the tragedy of this world and turns it into his victory. But I wanted to create conclusions that God just doesn't do this for me. I still believe God healed and raised the dead, just not for me. But that's a bad conclusion. Don't create conclusions based on your experience. Create conclusions on God's character. And when it seems like God's character doesn't look like your experience, choose his character over your experience because your experience eventually, when you believe long enough, will line up with his character because you will see eventually he makes everything beautiful in its time. The thrill of hope is Jesus himself. He comes through. Our plans look good. They can even make sense. But pain's gonna come. But here's the best part. God's kingdom and God's plan often look weird and confusing and upside down from this world. Our plans look good, make sense, and turn out like crap. (laughs) God's plans look terrible and confusing and turn out unbelievable and amazing. He knows what he's doing. It's always good. You may not see it. It's okay. Welcome to the family. (laughs) Lots of us don't see it. I did not see seven years into a church plant not having a building. I didn't see it that way. (laughs) Had he told me, I probably would have bowed out. (laughs) I would have been like, oh, you know what? I've actually got something else I've got to do. (laughs) 
Because his plans don't always make sense to us. But his plans always make eternal, perfect, amazing sense when you hang in there long enough. And sure enough, when Joseph hangs in there long enough, he gets conclusions, good conclusions. He gets to be Joseph in the story of Jesus. What Joseph must have thought. How's a carpenter kid? Well, you don't know it. Maybe you do. But if you go a little earlier in Matthew, you're going to look at the lineage of Jesus. Joseph's family goes all the way back to King David. And then all the way back towards Abraham and Adam. Right? And look at that line. Adam is cast out of the garden. God, what? I know we messed up, but what are we doing here? Fast forward a little, little more to Abraham, who, who's not a Jesus follower, who's not, who's not an Israelite. He's a nothing. <laughs> he, there is no Jude, uh, Jewish people. God shows up to Abraham and says, hey, I'm calling you out. Oh, okay, who are you? <laughs> I want you to go to a land, and, and I'm going to bless your whole descendants. Great. And he goes there, and you know what? There's a famine. So you know what he has to do? He has to divert to a place called Egypt. And you know what else happens? God's not doing it in his time, so he decides, me and my wife will have a kid of our own through uh, this other lady over here. It does not go well for him. Watch the news today. Okay, so, questions, we'll talk about it later. Fast forward, and even further back, Noah, right? Build a boat. Why? I don't live by the ocean. Yeah, but it's going to rain. Okay. What's rain? It's not rained yet. Keep going. David. Elijah. Over and over, God tells them to do things that don't make sense. But God's like, obey me, then get conclusions. We want conclusions, and then we'll obey. That's not how God works. God calls us out by faith. And then he answers in our sight later. And he gives conclusions. He starts with hope. And it ends with the fulfillment of hope. He shows up to Joseph. And he's like, Joseph, I got this. Joseph, it's going to be so good. Just watch. And I think by the time Joseph died, he didn't see that. We don't really know what happened to Joseph. We're pretty sure he died because he stops being mentioned. And that's the assumption of most theologians. Somewhere along the way, he died. Can you imagine? All right, God, we had the kid. All right, now you can be with Mary and have other kids. Okay. Anything else? He doesn't see it all come in his... But I'm pretty sure Joseph right now is feeling pretty good. If you could ask Joseph now, which I'm sure you could, if we're on the other side of eternity, Joseph would be like, oh man, that was awesome. I I had no clue what was happening, but it was awesome. (laughs) We're all like that. There's this song from years ago. This group that, I don't even know if they're around anymore, but this group called For Him. Anybody remember For Him from way back? And they had this song, I think the guys are going to maybe play it a little bit. And they had this, this song that I loved. Matter of fact, back when they had CD clubs, you guys remember those? Yeah, Columbia House and what? I did that once in college, twice maybe. 
you know, till you start paying way more than you can afford. Um, and I signed up. I bought a For Him CD. This is before I was as into Christmas as I am now, but just because of the song, because I loved this song. So I wasn't a For Him guy. I was a Plank Guy guy, but that's a different conversation. And, and, but there was this song, A Strange Way to Save the World. And the chorus of the song is, and Joseph said, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him with all the rulers in the world? Why here inside this stable filled with hay? And why her? She's just an ordinary girl. And this is my favorite part. Now I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say. But this is such a strange way to save the world. I don't get it, God. I need hope. Here's the hope of the world. The hope of the world is he would become, and he says it in the scripture, Emmanuel. It's not just a rescue mission. It's a joining mission. He's coming into this story. He's not coming to get us out of the fight. He's coming into the fight with us. And he's taking it on himself. See, the best news about Jesus, sometimes the best answers aren't answers from God. Sometimes the answer is God, I'm coming in. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm not leaving. Your presence. On the worst day of your life, do you want an answer or do you want a friend? We all want to be rescued. And I get it. And he is rescuing us. That's what he's going to do with this story. The rescue mission is being with us. He's coming into the story. You can have all the hope in the world because the hope of the world came to us. He's in the story. He's part of us. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. You can now say, I, I don't know how this ends, but I know the one who ends it. And I know the one who's going to be with me in the end. I don't know where this is going, but I know who's with me. And I know where he's taking me. I don't know why, but I know who. And that's all that really matters. And that is so good. You may think it's not that good, or it's not good enough. And I get that, and I empathize with your feelings. And I would tell you, change it up. Broaden your theology for God having to meet your need, and you start coming into what he's doing. Have any of you ever said to the thing that's so hard to take, 
too big to understand, too difficult to wrap your mind around, and said, you know what, God? I'm done. What do you want to do? Because I'm with you. I know you're with me, but let's turn this around. I'm with you. I'm going where you go. You might get a hard no from God one day. And at some point in your theology, at some point in your walk with him, at some point you may have to take the no. And if you believe that God is good, even the no is a good answer. Because he's going to take what seems like a no that's so negative to you and turn it into beauty. And turn it into life-changing. And turn it into a story. And turn it into, I can't imagine in the major moment that Joseph still wasn't asking questions. Like, God, that's where the animals eat. We're in a barn here. There's no room in the crappy motel. Where are you? Lord's like, I'm right here. Shepherds start showing up. Why are you here? Um, Well, and a giant army of angels appeared in the sky to us and told us to come see the Savior's born. Okay. Well, now what? I don't know. Well, thanks for coming. You bet. <laughs> Just confirmations, these moments that God's, I'm here, Joseph. I'm here. I'm in this. I'm with you. I'm moving. Have some hope. Be thrilled with hope. God is good. But you got a bad diagnosis. <laughs> Somebody gave me some bad news. God gave me better news. I'm filled with hope. Because I have Jesus. And that's all I need. I don't know what he's doing. What if the beauty of God's story is he doesn't have to get it done in your lifetime? Doesn't that take the burden off of you? I want to see some God, God do some stuff in my life before, before, I, before I exit the other side. But I don't have to. Because I know it's his story, not mine. Doesn't, take that, doesn't that take off the burden? Doesn't that give you hope? It doesn't end when you end. It doesn't end when your kids graduate. It doesn't end when, when they say you're cured or we can't cure. It doesn't matter because it doesn't end there. It just keeps going. The word of the Lord endures forever. Hope doesn't stop. It keeps growing and growing. The universe is ever expanding. I'm about to wrap up. Do you know the universe is ever expanding? It it really messes with evolutionist theory. It's never stopping. It just keeps going and expanding and growing. Why? Because the Lord said, let there be, and there was, and the word of the Lord endures forever. It doesn't end. So if God told you something, I love you, I'm with you, I'm good, I'm for you, which he did a lot, read the Bible, okay? (laughs) You have all the reasons for hope. You can be thrilled with hope. 
knows you. And you're like, but it's kind of bad right now, Pastor Brian. Only for a while. It doesn't end bad. I've read it. It ends. It ends so good. It ends so, so good. It's the best news ever. I read this quote from Spurgeon. Let's stand together. I sent it to my dad this morning because it meant a lot to me. Christ loved you when he died. He will love you when you die. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. Oh